Father, we thank you that through Jesus, you are the fount of every blessing that you pour out upon us, and we praise and thank you for that. We do wander from your ways. Thank you that you come and find us. You search for us and you bring us back to yourself through your Holy Spirit. And we're so thankful for that and that you're doing that this morning in this very place. I pray that you would bring the hearts of all who are here today back to yourself. Give us ears to hear what it is that you want us to hear this morning through Duncan. Anoint him with your spirit to speak to us the words that you want us to hear. We thank you for your word and the passage that we have this morning, which brings comfort and can transform our lives. And we pray that it might do so right now as we hear the word read and preached. Amen. Please be seated. And we will now have the Bible reading. Reading from Matthew chapter 11. 25 to 30. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. But on to uh, today's passage. What a, a remarkable passage. We had a bit uh, longer passage read than what we'll be focusing in on today. Uh, so that first part of the reading today we looked at last week, but it's just helpful to have the, the bigger picture, a bit of context for what we're getting into. Uh, but we have a bit of a, a running joke in our family. I try to read to my boys uh, every night. And it, but if it's the end of a long day, I can often find myself, I don't know if other people who read to their kids do this, I can often find myself more and more drowsy as I read. And I can start, you're sort of reading and you start to slur your words. And it gets to a point where I actually add in random words that aren't on the page and have nothing to do with the story because I'm just so drowsy and falling off to sleep. Uh, it, it's, it's so much so that when it's bed book time, we've started saying, okay, guys, it's time to put dad to sleep. Let's go read a book. <laughs> uh, weariness. Weariness has many forms, right? And all of us have some experience of it. All of us have some experience of it. Here's a picture of it. Um, you might recognise this picture. It's from a very famous book called The Pilgrim's Progress. Uh, but being tired at the end of a long day is one thing. But there are other much deeper forms of weariness, right? Much deeper forms. There's 
a mental and emotional, uh, ultimately a spiritual exhaustion that comes from carrying heavy burdens. A weariness that is far more kind of all-consuming than just physical tiredness. We carry all kinds of burdens, right, around with us. We carry the burdens of our society, uh, of, kind of you know, constantly changing COVID rules, <laughs> uh, of uh, maybe our anxieties about uh, the health of our loved ones or our own health, maybe a worry for the turmoil that we see in the world around us um, that we've seen this week particularly uh, in a really troubling way. Um, hold on to that thought. We'll return to that next week, actually. Next week's passage is going to speak more directly to those big global issues. But we, we carry those burdens, those big burdens. We, we also carry burdens that are unique to each of us um, the, the, and, and sort of are shaped by all kinds of complex things about our own story and our own personality. Um, the burden of your fear of rejection, the burden of your need for control, the burden of your longing for security, the burden of your resentment, of your bitterness, the burdens of fractured relationships. Uh, And underneath and heavier than all of those, I think, the burden of your sin, of your pride towards the God who made you and who loves you, of your constant bending away from his will and bending inwards towards yourself and your own heart and will. The question we're going to reflect on today is where will you go with those burdens? Where will you go for rest? Where will you go for relief from those burdens? Uh, there's, there's endless options uh, to answer that question. I think it's probably actually um, a question that the whole advertising industry is geared up to answer. Um, I'll tell you all kinds of answers to that question. Uh, many, of, many of them start out to be good things, actually. There are endless options. Many of them are good things, but they can never actually give the deep rest that ultimately all of us are really looking for. And when we look to these things, it can be really good things. When we look to them to provide that deeper rest, those things that are often good end up becoming harsh and unforgiving idols. So just enjoying a show on telly turns into sort of uncontrolled binge-watching. Healthy exercise morphs into an all-consuming master. A relaxing drink becomes an addiction. A relationship that's a good gift becomes the focal point of your need for affirmation. Uh, The list goes on and on and on and on, right? All of these things. Friends, we've come to a passage today that holds out deep and wonderful hope and comfort for weary and burdened travellers like you and me. Uh, It's just a few verses long, but I reckon it's probably um, some of the sweetest and most transforming words ever uttered that we're reflecting on today. Jesus holds out the promise of the kind of rest you long for and you need 
Uh, that picture that's been on the screen um, before is one of the most powerful depictions of this in that book, the, uh, John Bunyan's The Pilgrim's Progress. This man, Christian, if you can go back to that picture, that'd be good. This man, Christian, uh, has this dark, heavy, ugly burden on his back, weighing him down that he can't get rid of uh, until... He comes to the cross of Christ. He comes to Jesus and this burden is loosed from his shoulders and it rolls away and he receives new robes of righteousness and goes on in, in Christ. Uh, it's a really powerful picture and read the book if you haven't. Um, uh, last week though, we saw Jesus' incredible claim that we had it read earlier, this amazing claim that it really matters. It matters eternally how you respond to him. It matters because he alone connects us to God. He is the eternal son who alone reveals the father. And then in verse 28, what we're reflecting on today, he makes this wonderful invitation. He makes this wonderful invitation. Verse 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Notice what Jesus doesn't say. He doesn't say, come to a set of ideas. Come to a list of truths about me. Come to a new philosophy of life. What, is, what does he say? He says, come to me. Come to me. He invites people. He's inviting you into a personal relationship with with him, with him. And what sort of people is Jesus inviting into this? Come to me, all you who have it all together, all you respectable people, <laughs> all you wise and learned people, all you strong and impressive people. I could really use your help. No. Who does Jesus call into this relationship with himself, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. It's the weary ones. It's the burdened ones who Jesus singles out and calls and invites to himself. I don't think that means that if you're a learned one, that's what we looked at last week, if you remember. I don't think it means you can't come to Jesus. It's just that if you're relying on anything inside yourself, on your own impressiveness, that's, you will never find him that way. Like we saw last week, Jesus' call is for those who in humility let go of their pride, who come as little children to receive him, uh, who know their burden of sin and their inability to do anything about it, this is who Jesus calls to himself. I reckon this is a constant trap, a constant thing churches can sort of fall into. We can, we can sort of start to think that the body of Christ is for impressive people, people who have it all together. Uh, and we can sort of get a, a thought process going in our head that we, we kind of need to stay away until we've got ourselves together, um, until we're kind of fit, for the company of Christ and his people. <laughs> Jesus says the criteria for coming to him is not your impressiveness, but your weariness. 
It's not your strength. It's your weakness. Come. Not once you've got yourself together. Come when you're falling apart. Come in your depression, in your anxiety. Come even in your sin. Come in childlike humility, in repentance and trust, as the broken sinner that you are, that you are. Uh, Many of you will know that I went through a a period of significant physical and emotional exhaustion a few years ago, where I had to step back from full-time ministry for a bit. Uh, That whole kind of period is a bit of a blur for me, but one decision that um, was I had wise counsel about that I don't at all regret was to keep coming week by week to our church family, uh, to hear from the Lord and his word and to gather with you and praise him. That was hard at times. I didn't, wasn't required to, I didn't need to. Um, but it, it was one of the most healing things for me to come in my weariness to the gathering of Christ's people under his word to sing his praises. I pray that is the, the experience of everyone in our church family, that our, fam- our church can be a place where people come weary and brokenhearted and burdened down to receive the gift of Jesus' rest. Because that's what Jesus promises. That's what Jesus promises. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will, what does he say? Well, he doesn't say, I will reward you with rest. I'll duly compensate you with rest. I'll reluctantly hand out a bit of rest to you. He says, I will give you a free gift of my grace. Uh, and we, as you keep reading, you find out in the next verse what this rest actually, what the, it's a particular kind of rest Jesus is offering. He's not offering a cruise on the Murray. As, you know, as nice as that might be, uh, he's, he's not offering a less busy calendar. He's offering a less busy heart. He's offering the deeper rest that actually we're all yearning for. Verse 29, he says, you will find rest for your souls. This is very helpful to recognise because we can pursue a kind of rest. You can clear out your diary and go on as many holidays as you want, but still have a restless soul, still have a burdened heart. And I think this focus on this deeper, truer rest, this soul rest, is why Jesus can hold together verse 28 and verse 29, uh, hold together this promise of rest with what he calls people to do in verse 29. You can see it there on the screen. It seems a bit weird to me at first glance, right? I will give you rest. And then verse 29, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. It's not talking about eggs. That would be messy. Uh, A yoke is a a piece of farming equipment that helped animals to do work. It's a harness that goes across to animals. You can see a picture of it uh, if we go to that picture. It's a harness that sort of helped them, bound them together. Uh, It constrained them and guided them. So there's uh, there's something, do you see what's strange in what Jesus says here? Come to me for rest. Take my yoke upon you. We kind of, I think, uh, you know, I expect him to say, come to me for rest. Take my mattress with you and go have a good long snooze. (laughs) 
So what's going on here? Is, this, is it a kind of bait and switch that Jesus is doing here? He says, oh, here's the really good news. I'm going to give you rest. Oh, and look, by the way, sorry to say it, but there's a yoke too <laughs> that you have to carry. That's not what Jesus is saying. It's not some kind of trick or some seesaw one to the other. No, what Jesus is doing is he is showing us the nature of this true, deep soul rest, the nature of real freedom. Uh, In our culture, we tend to think of freedom as kind of the absence of any restrictions at all, right? And so uh, being totally unrestricted so I can do whatever it is that I feel like doing in the moment. That's kind of our idea of what freedom is. But Jesus knows better than us. And he, he knows that that is actually no path to true rest. That's not a path to true rest. Following my desires, following my wayward and fickle heart, <laughs> that's no path to joyful rest. It's only a path to deeper insecurity and an, a kind of anxious focus on myself. True freedom True rest for your soul comes precisely through taking Jesus' yoke on you. There is a restricting to that, a binding of yourself to him, an entrusting of yourself to him as the one who can give you rest and the one who can lead you and guide you the one who has lordship over your life. And you keep reading verse 29, a central part of what Jesus highlights is, uh, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. A central part of this yoke, what what is this yoke? Is kind of binding ourselves to Jesus. Jesus sees it as learning from him. Kind of like an apprentice to, uh, to their master, to their teacher, we, we trust and obey his teaching, even when, even when our natural self, kind of like those oxen in the, <laughs> that we saw in the picture, even when we might kind of want to go another way, we might chafe against the yoke. Now, Jesus says, learn from me, submit to my yoke. Jesus is a teacher. Uh, he teaches in his life and his words. We spent a long time going through the Sermon on the Mount, one of his greatest sort of blocks of teaching. And then at the end of Matthew's Gospel, we'll get there eventually, at the end of Matthew's Gospel, Jesus sends his disciples, his apostles out, to then teach others what they have received from Jesus. Uh, and that's what we, that's, their teaching is what we have in our New Testament. It's what we have in the New Testament. So I think it's right to see this call to learn from Jesus as actually extending to the whole of the New Testament and even the whole of the Old Testament as that which Jesus accepts as the word of God and sees as all pointing to himself. So you, you see what Jesus is saying. You want rest, real soul rest. Come under my lordship. Under my yoke, under my teaching, your natural self might chafe against it at times. But it's there for your good. It really is. Entrust yourself to that 
And you, Jesus says you will find rest. Now, that's a massive claim for Jesus to make, right? Like, it's a massive... We're gonna, next week we'll see he just keeps going on making these massive claims. <laughs> but this is a massive claim that Jesus is making. It's a massive, especially when following Jesus' way, his teaching, following the word of God, especially then when that leads us into hardship or to a different path to what our hearts want to go down. Jesus is asking nothing less than that we entrust our whole self to him and his yoke. So it's, it's, a, like it's a massive ask, right? How could you possibly do that? How could you possibly? Uh, we're so used to being let down by those in authority over us, right? We kind of spend our lives learning not to trust, learning kind of not to make ourselves vulnerable. How could we possibly give this kind of open handed, complete trust in him, in this one who gives us his yoke. Well, you would have to know, wouldn't you? You would have to know that this one who gives you this yoke really is entirely trustworthy. That he really is both awesomely powerful, as we saw last week, and unspeakably good that whatever yoke he gives will be the yoke that is just what I need just what I need and and here's where we get to perhaps I reckon one of the most beautiful uh, astounding phrases in the whole Bible Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. What kind of a person is Jesus? <laughs> uh, this one who asks us to entrust our whole self to him. How could you do that? Well, you can do it because of this. What does Jesus say? For I am Gentle and humble in heart. Uh, when the Bible talks about the heart, it's not just talking about his, uh, our emotions or sort of personality or something. It's, it's a way of talking about the very core of who we are, the very core of our identity. It's what kind of defines us, what directs us in the world. Uh, and there's a great book on this. It's, called, it's a book called Gentle and Lowly by an author called Dane Ortland. And we actually have, there's a few copies up the back um, if you, uh, for, to, uh, for purchase if you'd like, if you'd like a copy of one. And uh, we can get more in if you like. It's a great book. But in that book, um, the author points out that uh, this is actually the one place in the Gospels where Jesus talks about and reveals his heart. His heart, what, what is kind of deepest and uh, the, the core of who he is. He says this, it's a quote, so I'll read it out. Yeah, in the one place in the Bible where the Son of God pulls back the veil and lets us peer way down into the core of who he is, 
We're not told he is austere and demanding in heart. We're not told that he is exalted and dignified in heart. We're not even told that he is joyful and generous in heart. Letting Jesus set the terms, his surprising claim is that he is gentle and lowly, gentle and humble in heart. And the author of that book goes on to say, meek, humble, gentle. Jesus isn't trigger happy. He's not harsh, reactionary, easily exasperated. He is the most understanding person in the universe. The posture most natural to him is not a pointed finger, but open arms. Friends, this is the one who invites you to come and put his yoke on your shoulders. Uh, And the one who promises to give you rest. See, the reality is we all actually bear a yoke. (laughs) We all all bear a yoke. Um, The problem is all the other yokes we bear end up enslaving us. They end up compounding our weariness. Here is the one place you can have that yoke of slavery and all the weariness that comes with it cast off your shoulders and you can receive this yoke that comes from the gentleness and humility of the mighty Son of God who alone reveals the Father. Another quote from that book, he says this, Who could resist this? Resisting it would be like, it'd be like telling a drowning man that he must put on the burden of a life preserver only to hear him shout back, sputtering, No way, not me. This is hard enough, drowning here in these stormy waters. The last thing I need is the added burden of a life preserver around my body. <laughs> like, can you picture that? How... how How ridiculous that would be. This yoke that Jesus offers and and asks and tells, commands his people to put on, it's a life preserver to rest in through stormy waters. That's why Jesus can finish this little paragraph in verse 30 and say his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Any other yoke lays heavy burdens and leaves us wearier than we were before. Uh, We're going to see this later in Matthew's Gospel, actually. Later in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus is going to condemn the Pharisees because they lay heavy burdens on the people without themselves lifting a finger to help. Uh, Heavy burdens that they themselves aren't willing to carry. But here is this matchless Lord, the Eternal Son, whose very heart is gentle and humble and who has come low. He has come low even to death on the cross so that he might bear your burden of sin and take it upon his shoulders so that the Father's righteous condemnation would fall on him and not on you. And so that you can be enfolded into his family of grace. 
I think we find it hard, like even if we have read this many times before and we sort of cognitively agree, yes, Jesus' heart is humble, I think we find it hard to really believe that, to really trust that this is who Jesus is to you, to really know that and live in its light, that this is Jesus' heart towards us sinners and sufferers. I think we kind of instinctively think that he must relate to us like we relate to ourselves or like we relate to other people. (laughs) But he is so wonderfully different. He is so full of grace and truth. And the cross is the ultimate expression of that, the final proof that his heart is indeed gentle and lowly to all those who come to him weary and burdened. So friends, the extent to which we see this wonder of the cross and we know this reality of his heart to us, I think that is the extent to which you will know his yoke to truly be an easy one, a light one, a restful one, one that sets you free to live as you were made to live. Friends, what do we make of this? Just, a, as I said, a short but profound passage. Well, maybe you haven't yet come to Jesus. Maybe you've come to church. Maybe you've come to all kinds of things. But maybe you haven't yet come to Jesus yourself. With your burden, confessing it before him. Come to him. Come to him today. Have that burden of sin, have its guilt and shame fully taken away from you. Know that his heart is gentle and humble towards you. Receive his rest. Put on his yoke. Learn from him. He is gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul. Maybe you have come to him. Will you come afresh today? Come anew. Maybe you had a sense of this tenderness of Jesus towards you years ago. His heart is the same towards you today as it was then. He is as ready to give you rest if you will just come to him. And come to him together. Come to him together. Uh, One of the things that's not immediately obvious in this little paragraph is that Jesus uses plural words, not singular words. Uh, Maybe an appropriate Aussie rendering would be something like, come to me, all yous who are weary and burdened, and I will give yous rest. Take my yoke upon yous, and yous all learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and yous will find rest for your souls. See, uh, there's an irreducible individual element to this. Of course, there is. But Jesus doesn't leave it. He doesn't doesn't sort of envision this as a solo thing of individuals separated from each other. The New Testament knows nothing of a solo Christian. So, what do you come to? 
as you gather together on Sunday here? Well, I hope there's many good things that you come to, but what's sort of at the heart? What's the, what's the main thing? We don't come for a particular kind of emotional experience. We don't come for a, a kind of nice social gathering. We don't come for an interesting lecture. We gather as Christ's body together to come to him in all our weariness, just as we are, to again and again have that rhythm embedded in our lives of having our souls refreshed in the wonderful rest that he has won for us on the cross. And to again and again recommit ourselves to his yoke and to learn what it means to follow his way and to live bound by him. Uh, to have, what, was it, what did that song say? Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Here's my heart, take and seal it. Um, uh, that fetter that binds us to him. To come again and again, to, to recommit ourselves to learning his gracious yoke that he calls us to put on every day. Well, friends, we're going to sing a song kind of in response to this. Uh, we haven't, I don't think we've sung this before, actually, here. I, um, I suspect, though, many of us will know this song and love this song. Uh, it's a song that says, Just as I am, without one plea. I don't, uh, not, I don't bring my hands full of myself. <laughs> I don't bring my impressiveness. Just as I am, in all my weariness, with all my burdens, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Let me pray, and then we'll sing together. Our gracious God, we, we thank you for the precious gift of your word. And especially now, we thank you for this glorious invitation of Jesus. No one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And that same Son invites all who are weary and burdened to come to him. So, Lord, may we come to him today. May we come to him and find rest for our souls. Give us this deep rest that can carry us through uncertainty, that can carry us through busyness, that can enable us to enjoy the good gifts that you give us, and that can give us perseverance through hardship. Give us a deep trust in you, knowing that whatever yoke you have for us is good, and that you will lead us home to you, into eternity, to live in eternal and perfect rest. And uh, we pray that you might do that within us together as your church family here in Victor Harbour. We pray that for Jesus' sake. Amen.